0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every time that you hear the message of the cross, every time that you hear the forgiveness of your sins proclaimed, every time that you see the waters and are reminded of holy baptism, every time you hear the words, this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you, every time, The Lord God Almighty is pleading with you to trust him and to receive his mercy, to receive his love and blessing. That is a remarkable thing, and it's hard to overstate how important this is. That you have a God who pleads with you. A God who suffers all things willingly and patiently in order to give you his love in order to win from you your love. His earnest desire to love you is nowhere more clearly seen than on the cross. It is there that the patience of God was tested and found to be beyond measure. It's there that his faithfulness to promises was proven, not even yielding to death. It's on the cross that Christ showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners— putting nails in his hands and feet, mocking, insulting, and blaspheming his name. While we were heaping our sins on his shoulders, he prayed for us. Father, forgive them. And he suffered for us. And he died for us. We who are not worth dying for. The last Sunday of the church year has in view what the prophets call the great and awesome day of the Lord. Behold the day is coming, Malachi said last week, the day is coming burning like an oven when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. The last Sunday of the church year has in view the day of God's judgment and wrath, the day that will come like a thief on which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The day on which God's righteous judgment will be revealed against those who presume on his kindness and patience, against those who have stored up wrath for themselves because of their hard and impenitent hearts. It's because of that day And God's earnest desire to spare you as a father spares his son, to spare you his treasured possession, his own dear children. It's because that day is coming soon that he pleads with you to hear his voice and believe his words. You're like Noah living in evil days just as his, and you have found favor in God's eyes, not because of anything in you, but because of God's great love for you. He has warned you of the coming flood, and he pleads with you to trust him, to look for rescue from him by his words to you. This is the story that the Bible tells from beginning to end. It's the story of a parent calling back and patiently awaiting the return of a disobedient child. It's the story of a lover, striving to regain the affection of his unfaithful beloved. It's the story of a shepherd, resolved to give everything up to win back his lost sheep. It's the story of a God who is grieved when his people turn away from his love. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. That is how our Old Testament lesson began. God laments the disobedience, the inattention, the sacrilege of the Israelites, the wicked things that they've said about him. The whole book of Malachi is a conversation back and forth between God and his people. He speaks his words to them, and they reply back to him in unbelief. I have loved you, says the Lord. How have you loved us? They ask. They've closed their eyes and stopped their ears so they can neither see nor hear the countless ways that God has shown them his love, starting with the promise in the Garden of Eden to rescue from Egypt at the hand of Moses to the gracious provision of a promised land flowing with milk and honey. How have you loved us? They asked. What greater proof could there be? How else could he express his love for them than by calling them his people and making them his children? and leading them as a shepherd to green pastures. How else, except by now handing over his own son to be slandered and betrayed and murdered? How else besides sending them a substitute, someone to endure the penalty they deserve, someone to suffer and die in their place? Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. That is the lament of a God who, against all the objections of the people of Israel, in the face of their faithlessness and ingratitude, still patiently pleads with them, Return to me, and I will return to you. It's the lament of a God who is longing to bless. Put me to the test, he says, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Try me, God says and see if I don't keep my promises to you. Your words have been hard against me. He is a God who is grieved when we think that it is pointless to serve him, when we think that there is no blessing for obedience, when we imagine that there is no profit in devoting ourselves to his word, in seeking first his kingdom, in setting everything else aside, when we give in to the pressures of this world that demand our devotion. When we show by our deeds that we love this life and our own comfort more than we love him. He is grieved when we think that he is petty and judgmental. When we decide that he doesn't really mean what he says. When we write him off as a bit too extreme. When we imagine that he's just out to spoil our fun. When we presume that what we have is ours and not a gift from him. When we justify our sin by saying that surely he'd understand. He is grieved when we don't take him at his word. When we don't believe what he says. He is a God who is grieved when we choose to receive his wrath rather than his mercy. Behold, the days are coming, Jesus says. Like all the prophets before him, he said it. The days are coming when the wrath that has been stored up for the sons of disobedience will be set loose. And he will stop pleading. So don't weep for me, he said to the daughters of Jerusalem. Weep for yourselves. That's repentance. Weep for yourselves and return to me, he said. Confess your sins and and turn from them. He pleads with all his children. Put me to the test, he says. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. He has promised to make for you the great and awesome day of the Lord to be a resurrection day, the day of your entrance into paradise. Jesus, who made peace with you by the blood of the cross, has promised to make for you the fire of God's holiness, not to be a fire that consumes you, but a fire that cleanses and purifies and refines. He does not demand that you offer sacrifices. The perfect and all-sufficient sacrifice has already been offered. He does not demand that you simply try harder. Try as hard as you might. You cannot turn your own heart. You cannot put off your own sinful flesh. You cannot raise yourself from the dead. You cannot prepare yourself for the last day. Instead, he asks that you take him at his word. That you believe him. That you believe what he says about you, And that you believe what he says about his mercy. And that by believing it, you would receive all his blessings. If he says to you, your words have been hard against me, don't deny it, but confess. If he says to you, you have not obeyed my commandments, you have not honored my name, you have not loved your neighbor as yourself, you have not taken my words to heart, when he exposes your sin, do not deny it, but confess. It is painful to be sure. But like a wound that must be fully opened in order to be cleaned, so much more must your sinful flesh be exposed before him so that it can be drowned and die. If his words seem hard against you, say in your heart, the Lord is God and his word is truth." That is so important. It is so important to hear the hard words the terrifying words of God's law, to believe them in all their force, because how else will you believe him when he speaks of mercy? How else can you take him at his word unless you have believed that without his word you have no hope? How else can you receive his blessings unless you have believed that without his blessings you have no life or salvation? As important as that is, as important as it is that you hear his hard words, the words that crush you, it is even more important that you hear and believe God's words of comfort, his words of grace and mercy. As important as it is that you weep for yourselves, like the daughters of Jerusalem, it is even more important that through your tears, you see the crucified Jesus on the cross, paying the price for all your sins, pouring out his love for you, like that thief who hung there next to him. Not only do you say, We are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But also, and even more, you hear and believe the promise, his promise to remember you in his kingdom, his promise of paradise for you, his beloved. Every time that you hear the message of the cross, every time that you hear the forgiveness of your sins proclaimed, every time that you see the waters and are reminded of holy baptism, Every time that you hear the words, take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood, given and shed for you. Every time the Lord God Almighty is pleading with you to trust him and to receive his mercy, to receive his love and blessing. That is a remarkable thing, and it is hard to overstate how important that is, that you have a God who pleads with you, who suffers all things willingly and patiently, in order to give you his love, in order to win from you your love. That is what makes this day, a day on which we consider the end of the world, It's what makes this day into a day of rejoicing, a day of anticipation. For when you see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, and you hear a voice and the sound of the trumpet of God, what you'll hear are the words of your Heavenly Father, delighting welcome you home what you'll hear is the song of your bridegroom intoning his undying love for you what you'll hear is the voice of your good shepherd clear and pure and full of life calling you to safety and peace and rest even now you hear his voice as we gather around god's word and sing his praises take heart and believe his words See if he does not do all that he has promised for you and more. For you, his children, his beloved, his sheep, you who have been called by his name. In the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.